When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 202, let's go. Bum, bum, bum. All right, two hours down, three more to go on our five-hour midnight ride. And I just saw something. I can't, Every once in a while when I scroll Twitter late at night like this during the show, I'll see something and then I'll lose it or whatever, but like, I, I just have to talk on it. And I just saw something that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and I have to Google it. I mean, you talk about useless, right? One of my favorite lines in... Um, Tommy boy is when he says he could sell a, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. So like, but like useless things like a ketchup popsicle or something. I don't know. But like, I just saw that they are making and selling non-alcoholic white claws. If you don't know what a white claw is, a white, uh, yeah, exactly. A white claw is a alcoholic seltzer. It's a flavored seltzer. There's a, a ton of brands of them. My personal favorite of that elk is the the High Noons. I think it's I think it's the most successful one of them. It's made with real, you know, as opposed to real vodka or tequila, as opposed to some of the the different kinds that they'll just throw in a White Claw or a, not to besmirch White Claw. Bud Light has a their brand, and Trulies are very good too. The flavors are good. I I drink them a lot. When we're trying to be low carb, right? I, I do love my beer. I get in trouble with beer. I love IPAs. I love beer. But at least a non-alcoholic beer has a purpose. It tastes like beer. You really can't get the flavor of beer anywhere else other than drinking beer. So non-alcoholic beer makes sense. How in the world could an alcoholic seltzer company sell non-alcoholic why call it non-alcoholic? And you better not charge because I can go to the store right now and get flavored seltzer for a hell of a lot cheaper than I pay for White Claws. I'm paying for the booze. So why you're selling seltzer. Non-alcoholic White Claw is a seltzer. And I told you, I love seltzer. My One of my the greatest purchases I ever had uh, is my soda stream. I love it. I absolutely adore it. It's the best thing ever. I've saved so much money. I know I have. I mean, I, don't, I haven't, like, calculated it, but I know I've saved a ton of money on them. I don't buy seltzer anymore. I have the machine. makes water. It turns water into seltzer. It's a magic ma- machine. I don't know how they do it. I'm kidding. I know exactly how it's done. But you cannot be a, a you cannot be an alcoholic, you cannot be an alcoholic seltzer company and sell non-alcoholic. What, to be cool? What do you think people are going to hold the white claw and just like they're at a party? You're going to hide. Is this is this like something maybe like pregnant women who don't want to uh, alert everyone to the secret are going to drink non-alcoholic white claws? Like I don't like who because you know nobody. That's the first thing. If a that's the first thing. No drinks tonight. Like you've you've been there, fresh new a uh, newlywed or you've been dating for forever and you go to a party and your wife's not drinking. I was like, huh. Sarah, no, no, no drink tonight. I wonder why. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah shut up. 
We're not having another baby. What, you crazy? But, like, what? it makes no sense. How could you have a non-alcoholic seltzer? I just saw the commercial. <laughs> I was like, what? Next, they're going to start selling non-alcoholic Jack and Coke. Right, exactly. And, all, yeah, all those. Who knows what's next? Right. Non-lightable cigarettes. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Makes no sense. You're selling seltzer. You're selling seltzer. I can go buy flavored seltzer of all kinds. Do you ever see the seltzer seltzer aisle at a supermarket? They have every flavor from key lime pie to cotton candy. You can get any kind of flavor you want. Why on earth would I buy a non-alcoholic White Claw? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't. I, I just I've never experienced. That's amazing. I sorry. It's one of those things I just can't. When I see something like that, I can't ignore it. Non-alcoholic white claw. Let me see if they're if I can if they're selling it. Because I'm curious what they're charging. They have the surge, which is extra alcohol. Now that makes sense. Double the alcohol. Now I'm now I'm getting it. That makes sense. Yeah, new white claw. I gotta, I gotta check my date of birth, so I can buy non-alcoholic white claw. Come on now, now you're embarrassing yourselves. And that's an important trick because teenagers don't know how to type in uh, <laughs> birthdays that are real. That's, that's another stupid thing. You're 100 right. You just put in some arbit- I just did right there. I put in January 1st, 1957. Like that's not my birthday. I just lied to everyone in the world has hit I am 18 <laughs> on a website before. <laughs> It's so dumb. White Claw, 0% alcohol, mango passion fruit. <laughs> uh, why on earth? And it's, I mean, just why on earth? Just that. To hold a White Claw? You want to start a successful business in America? Think of the stupidest thing you could <laughs> possibly know. sell. Go make and it, go make and it. you'll make millions. Created with ultra-refined seltzer. Oh, it's ultra-refined, that's why. Not only combines iconic White Claw flavors with elevated new secondary beverage alcohol drink notes. Oh, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to taste like an alcoholic seltzer. Unbelievable. I- iconic flavors like watermelon. I know. Like raspberry. Oh, my God. Cherry. The flavors you yeah. cannot get yeah, anywhere, anywhere else. else. Lemon. Unbelievable. Lime. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Strawberry. I don't know why that cracked me up, but that did. That cracked me up. Non-alcoholic white claws. 877-337-6666. All right, Belichick. Obviously, leaves uh, New England, one of the great coaches of all time. And so immediately, I was just, I, you know, I, I'm hopping, trying to fall asleep, in and out of sleep, and I'm, I'm hearing Sal go on and on about, you got to, hey, listen, if that becomes, if he becomes available, here, let me tell you something about the Giants, right? And at at one point this year, Brian Dable had me worried. I was concerned, right? He seemed to be coaching scared, uh, wasn't going for it on fourth down a lot, had the team completely a mess, and, and certain the offense was just atrocious. The defense with Wink Martindale, uh, which finally we figured that we finished that situation. Um, but. I firmly believe in Brian Dable, and I firmly believe in him now more after the Wink Martindale situation. And here's why, as much as I respect 
as much as I respect Pete Carroll, as much as I respect Bill Belichick, I am not interested at all in bringing Bill Belichick to the New York Giants. There was a time I suggested it before they hired Brian Dable. But the Giants are in a place right now where I feel they have to draft a quarterback. And what I've just seen from, yeah, I understand Tom Brady. Tom Brady is special, okay? I'm not saying Bill Belichick had nothing to do with Tom Brady's development. I'm sure he had a lot to do with it. But Tom Brady is is Tom Brady. I think probably Tom Brady would have been either Tom Brady or close to it, no matter who his head coach was. Maybe they wouldn't. he wouldn't be wearing all the rings he has without Belichick, but I think he would have been a player in this league. That's how dedicated and special Tom Brady is and was. So I understand he developed that quarterback, but look what he did with Mac Jones and how, where he was rookie year and how just terribly he's been the last few years. And that's not all on Belichick, but I am not in the middle of transition where I'm looking to develop a young quarterback. I cannot. I cannot make a quarterback change, a coaching change to anyone who isn't specialized in developing a young quarterback. Now, that's why Bill Belichick is an absolute no for me, but I could be possibly convinced into Harbaugh. If Harbaugh wanted to come to the NFL, and again, his contract is up, he's going to have to make a decision whether to stay in Michigan or come to the NFL because they... The speculation is the contract offer is going to have stipulations about playing this game every year, about you know flirting with the NFL, so it's time he's going to have to make a decision. But Harbaugh is a coach where maybe when you've seen him do things with you know quarterbacks and taking you know really lesser quarterbacks all the way to the Super Bowl, I mean, he is a – what he did with Luck in Stanford and you know what he did in San Francisco – whether or not it was transforming Alex Smith's career. Remember, Alex Smith was a bust. Alex Smith was a bust. He was the number one overall pick. He was a bust. He was on his way to having a miserable career until Harbaugh came to San Francisco and turned that around. And then obviously Kaepernick and what he was able to take with him, and now we know how flawed Kaepernick is as a quarterback, you know, whether or not the side story and whether or not he belongs in the NFL, I think we all recognize that he wasn't worthy of, uh, you know, was aided by the development of Harbaugh and the way he was able to transition his game to take them all the way to the Super Bowl. So that is a coach that I could see coming here, running the show, drafting a young quarterback that he's probably got a little bit of uh, a good idea how good he is considering how long he's been in college here. Like that is a coach where maybe, I could possibly understand moving on from Brian Dable if I felt like I needed to do something, if I felt unsure about how Dable handles his staff, if I feel unsure about the respect the players have for him, if I felt any way, shape, or form that I was a little nervous about how it was going, I could possibly bring in uh, Harbaugh to coach the team. But the problem with Harbaugh is I don't know if he wants complete control. Now I'm I'm getting rid of – like the Giants are too stable right now. Shane and Dable are too stable and entrenched at this moment where it doesn't make sense. Now, the Jets, yeah, I understand. I understand why you would think any coach, Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, it doesn't matter who, your coach sucks. But again, I don't want to continue to have this argument, but you're seeing, and I I read for you the quotes from Garrett Wilson the other day, how important he is to this team, and that is the quarterback, who, by the way, was back on... Uh, 
the show, which I thought was tremendous. I have to admit, I got a real kick out of it because I'm literally killing Pat McAfee yesterday. I really thought Pat McAfee did Aaron Rodgers dirty. Suddenly he's trying to distance himself. Now he doesn't want him on the show. Now it's all over. Now he's relieved that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be on the show anymore. And that's what he was saying. And then the next day, boom, he puts him on the show. I thought it was great. Actually, I actually laughed. I thought it was funny. That was a nice. I thought that that was perfect McAfee and Rodgers. I actually got a kick out of it. But I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. So right now, as as amazing it is that all these coaches are available, amazing it is, is that Belichick, Pete Carroll, Vrabel, and possibly Harbaugh are all available. I mean, you are talking about Pete Carroll is arguably a Hall of Fame coach. I, he probably, I mean, I would think he is with the run he's been on in Seattle here. And considering, you know, he's won national championships in college. Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the sport. What he did in San Francisco, what he's done in college at two different spots. And obviously now winning a national championship in Michigan for the first time since 1997. And we all know what Belichick is. And I think Vrabel is one of the top five easy top five coaches in the NFL right now. So all of those guys being available and sort of turmoil with each franchise's head coach a little bit, especially what happened with what Wink Martindale and obviously losing six games this year and the, the inability of the offense for an offensive coach. With the Giants, but obviously Salah and his continued losing with the with the with the Jets and Douglas and his inability to stock that quarterback room and make sure Rodgers was had a comparable backup, like all of that, I still, as crazy as it sounds, I would not make a change with either coach. And I know the Salah one is is a is is more going out on a limb. Dable's a little bit more easy, but I would not, I wouldn't change anything. Dable right now, I'm. I'm in his perfect spot to about to to develop a young quarterback. Hopefully, that's what I want. I don't want to. I want to have the upheaval of a an aging Bill Belichick who hasn't been that good the last couple of years. Who is he? Does he still want control? Do I have to give him uh, control over the roster as well? Is he the GM and the coach? I understand there was some talk he'd be willing to give it up, but I don't know to come into another organization. Is he? Especially if the first pick is a quarterback that he's going to have to live with after he just lived with Mac Jones. Maybe he wants a, a real big say in that quarterback. I just don't think the timing works. There was a time. I don't think it's now. Harbaugh makes a little bit more sense. But unfortunately for you Jet fans, and I know that a lot of you guys hate Sala. Sala, Douglas, Hackett, Rodgers. And go about winning next year. That's it. Dwight Nasbury Park. What's up, Dwight? Uh, yes. Um, talk about Belichick. I thought that um, Kraft was going to out was going to ignore the, all the outside noise from the media and keep Belichick on because I think Belichick is going to try and go after Shoes Mark for career wins. Yeah, no, I think he's going. I think he's going to coach. I don't think he's done coaching. There's enough openings. He's going to get a job. He's Bill Belichick. I think Robert Kraft. Yeah. I don't think Robert Kraft listened to the noise. I just think there's a time when it no longer is is working even if he's a great coach like it's just it's been a couple of years now i'm sure it's getting stale inside there it's time for just a change i, I think bill belichick probably welcomes the change too on some level but i think he's gonna coach i think someone's gonna hire him yeah um like you said um matt patricia and um joe judge had no business going no business going here um Matt Jones being the... But, being yeah, but Bill Belichick gave him that opportunity. I mean, that's on him. 
That's not. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's that on. That was definitely screw up on his part. Yeah, of course, it was a made that, but that's part of being a coach, as we're finding out with Dable. You know, hiring your coaches is part of being a head coach. Building a staff is a major part of being a head coach. And when when he lost McDaniel's to the Raiders to 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 replace him with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, a special teams coordinator and a defensive coordinator, made absolutely no sense. And even though they brought in O'Brien this year, it's almost like they ruined Mac Jones. Now, I don't think Mac Jones is any good. Never thought he was. Didn't love him coming out of college. But, I mean, he was, you could argue, I mean, he was the quarterback who had the most success his rookie year of all the that draft class. And it's just been a debacle since. And I think it's just time to move on. But I don't think it was Kraft listening to any kind of outside noise. I think it's just time for it to move on. But he's going to get a job. Bill Belichick is going to work again. Clay and Lodi. What's up, Clay? What's up, Christopher? What's up, sir? How are you? All right. Pete Carroll, first of all, biggest bonehead call in Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Pat yes. McAfee is definitely a, a weasel, and uh, he showed it this week. He's a weasel. I mean, if people <laughs> watch, if ever listen, I don't really listen to, but he's a weasel. That guy. Okay. And. Um, now you know, and you're right about Pete Carroll. That is, the, as far as blunders in the Super Bowl go, I think that's probably number one. Right, and the people sitting in the peanut gallery, the ones who were defending him, I I, I can't see from a football perspective how anybody could have defended him. It had to be something outside the sphere of football or some, you know. Well, no, I mean, I think the P. I've heard some people defend him. It's the, it's the look the defense gave. Uh, which it doesn't matter to me. I agree with you. I'm am ju- just telling you that's the the football. They're going to tell you, look at this. When when you get this in this formation, and the defense gives you that, you check to the pass play. That's just it's a route thing. Like that's what some of the defenders will say, and I'll say I don't care. I can't have a turnover there, and I got the best short yardage back in the NFL. So I'm not, I'm handing the ball off. Yeah, uh, uh, made no sense. Al- yeah. Spanking Alfalfa would have called a run and play on that one. Okay, um, listen. Uh, these two guys, I really, I mean, you're defending him now, but Brian, I used to call him Brian the Bull one. Now he's, I call him Brian the Bonehead and Joe Sheamus, uh, the, the GM. Really? What have they done? You might, uh, that's fine. I, you can I, might not I, love Let me them. defend it. Yeah, yeah but I'm me. just curious. What could they have possibly done to draw your ire to that level? Well, th- th- it's what they haven't done. Okay. I mean, they're supposed, he's supposed to be an offensive specialist and everything. He had two years to build an offensive line. It, it, to me, it appears that you can call anybody, you can give anybody a tag you want. Like Bill Belichick, when he was with Cleveland, it was before he was a genius. When he had Brady, he was a genius. You know, when Brady left, it, it's after him being a genius. That's what that came down to. And with these guys, they didn't build an offensive line. They had two years to build an offensive line with the Giants. And if they were so good at what they say they were, then they should have. They would have had an offensive line. To me, it looks like you have to overbuild the offensive line. Two factors, if somebody doesn't work out, and obviously the guys fall now with injuries all over the place now. You cannot operate without an offensive line, no matter what anybody says. I hear people calling in. I hear hosts saying, oh, you've got to play without an offensive line. Well, look at the guy with the Bengals. In his five years in the NFL, two ended with, uh, with injuries that ended yep. his season. So, it, listen, backup quarterbacks are now at a premium. You've got to look at it that way. Yep. You have to look, and you have to overbuild your offensive line. And, and until you do that, you, you're not going to go nowhere. Now, quickly with the Yanks, Chris, and let me just tell you something. 
Tommy Lugie put on a performance on the overnights over the weekend that was off the charts. I, I didn't know Lugie was that rounded. He's talking about JFK, UFOs, space aliens. I didn't know Tommy Lugie was that. Yeah, yeah. He was, I didn't know he was that round, well-rounded. JFK, but anyway, space aliens, really? Yeah, different categories, obviously, and UFOs. Listen, anybody could be a UFO, right? Sid Rosenberg drunk falling out of a hotel window could be a UFO. I mean, that's a very broad category. Well, yeah, but the thing with the Yankees, you know something? Okay. This kid, <laughs> come on, we got to get it in, kid. You do. It I got job. you. You got it. What's up? Trevor Bauer, right? Yeah. This guy, I don't care what anybody says, and I don't see why people have to go against him. He was railroaded by this woman. This woman made false charges against him, so false that no police... Uh, no one. He was never indicted for anything. He was never, he was charged, never yeah. charged with anything. There was no money exchanged with anything. You know why? Because nothing happened. That's why this woman was looking to make money off these guys. You got to realize the world they live in. We don't live in their world. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe there were a few guys in this audience. Women pick them up. You, that's not the male world that we live in. No, I understand. Beautiful women pick them. These guys up. You know what I'm saying? They walk in a room, and that's why they also start. Why the ball players will start rumors about certain players because certain players, when when the players are in the room, I'm talking about, you know, it could be anywhere. The, the women will go after them, but there are certain players that walk in the room, and all of a sudden the women go after those guys, and those baseball players get jealous or football yeah, or basketball know, players. It's just nature. It's human nature. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying on some level, but that, what I'm saying is, is yes, no criminal charges. Yes, he didn't have to pay any money. Uh, exonerated on both those two accounts, if you if you're talking about it, but at the same time, and this woman was out to get him. How you know he still he still said yes to things he shouldn't have said yes to. That I understand what you're saying, uh, but like, how come this doesn't happen to other athletes more often? Then, if it's just hey, you know, women pick you up and they they ensnare you and, and you get in trouble, how come this isn't happening? Because you know, once Chris, twice a year. Because Chris, you, you, three quarters of the stuff that goes on, and you're in the sports world. You, we don't hear about. You might hear it in the back circles of things. They, a lot of these women get paid off. One guy in the NBA wanted to pay a woman a million dollars to have an abortion. She had the baby anyway out in Queens. The bottom line here is we don't hear most of the stuff that goes on. Look what they did to the Duke uh, University uh, lacrosse team, those poor kids over there. Yeah. And they, I heard people going after those kids. When the charges were first made, and we know it was totally fabricated, it was totally lied. They just believed one individual, and, but she turned those guys into millionaires because they sued the university. She was flat out lying. But, but the problem with me that I have with, with this is those women never get charged. The well, woman here with, with yeah, for yeah, I know, but, that, but let's just let's just stick to let's not talk about your problem with overall things. Let's stick to what Bauer would mean Bauer. for the Yankees. I think Bauer would be an addition to that staff. I, I think um, there's a certain amount of respect you get when you run a major league team. But you might not like somebody. That doesn't mean the person's a bad person. Listen, these guys, you don't think they don't talk politics and stuff? Some people will like, dislike you because of politics. Yeah, of course. No, All right? I, I understand, and I'm sure. And, and that would go for Stroman, too. Like Just because you know some of the Yankee fans don't like him doesn't mean that uh, – it, he he won't fit into a clubhouse or things will get forgiven. Yeah, I understand that. The Bauer conversation is is now probably a little bit more interesting. If you really just want to like look at it in the idea of they need a, I want a better starting pitcher, and I want and they probably don't want to spend money. 
And so now, now that you've done Strowman and you you didn't do Snell, uh, and you haven't yet gone through trades or anything, the idea of giving another cheap contract, and I'm not sure what he would demand. It would be a short, one term deal. Like say you can get him for, I don't know, fifty the same. Let's just say the same money you gave Strowman for a year, and now you've put two players and and Bauer is a a legitimate guy who could be a number two, although he hasn't pitched in a while. Uh, a little bit of a question mark. So. I mean, it does. If you're going to go that way, it's it it does make a little bit more sense for the Yankees today than it did before they signed Stroman. But I still don't know if they just want to go that route. And now you're really, I mean, if they do that, and not that again, Verdugo, Stroman, no legal issues, uh, nothing as severe. Now again, neither Bauer didn't really have legal issues either, uh, but nothing as severe. The allegations aren't anywhere near what what uh, he's been accused of. Bauer's been accused of. It's just simply Twitter stuff. And going after people and being sensitive and things like that and attacking the Yankees on Twitter. It's a different thing. It's not nearly the same kind of thing. But if you're going to add Bauer, you're going to add Stroman, you're going to add Verdugo. That's a lot. It's a lot of different guys that need melding inside a clubhouse. I think that's a, I would, as much as it makes sense money wise and team wise and to get a, a starting pitcher of the caliber of Bauer in here, I just think now might be a bit much for the Yankees. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. So the other thing about uh, Belichick is obviously he announced his retirement soon after uh, retirement. Excuse me, his uh, exit from the New England Patriots. The mutual decision between him and Kraft soon after. Uh, obviously, um, Alabama is now head coachless as Saban announced his retirement. And it sounds like Dan Lanning. Remember last night we were talking about Dan Lanning. It was, uh, the head coach of Oregon who apparently, if you listen to a local broadcaster was telling you he was in Tuscaloosa and already there working out the, the job that didn't happen. He's taking his name out of the running. But, I mean, they were just upstaging one another left and right. Pete Carroll retires, boom, Saban. Saban gets about 12 hours, boom. Bill Belichick decides to retire, uh, quit and leave the Patriots or, you know, exit the Patriots moving forward. And I had a question for Jet fans, and maybe Fliegelman can answer it for me. Because I spent a lot of time the last week of the season talking about some meaningless games. Right? And in both cases, our teams won. Sure enough. The Giants beat up the Eagles, had a 24-0 lead before the half, and it was a it was a party the entire way through. And in a miserable, ugly, rainy game, Brees Hall and the Jets ran all over the Patriots and gave Bill Belichick, as his final game coached as the head coach of the New England Patriots, a loss to the New York Jets. And we talked about the different reasons why I was, you know, I'm Mr. Tankathon. I can live with it. I was hoping the Giants would lose, get a better pick. Uh, I didn't feel the same way about the Jets necessarily because it's different when you're chasing a quarterback. They clearly are not. Uh, but still, I, I didn't feel one way or the other about it. But now that he's done, and now that that game was the last game played under in the era of Bill Belichick, after years of dominating the division, dominating the Jets, winning six Super Bowl championships, it's all over, and it ended with a loss to the Jets in any way, shape, or form, does it give you satisfaction? Are you pleased in any way? 
Like, does it really, when you think about his tenure, are you glad that it ended? Do you think it matters? Does it, does it really change anything? How do you feel about the idea that the last game he coached as a New England Patriot head coach was a ugly, disgusting, rainy day loss to the New York Jets in his home building? Does it do anything for you, Mike? Honestly, yeah, it does. Okay. Just because rooting for the Jets is a an experience completely devoid of any moments of joy. <laughs> so this small one, as small as it is, it does make me feel a little bit better. And, you know, that could change in April if all of a sudden one of the top tackles is there at picks 8 and 9. Yeah. And the Jets jumped from 8 to 10. Right. But right now, I don't think that's going to happen. Like you said, they're not chasing a quarterback, which makes it entirely different. And it would have bothered me forever to hear the Jets lost their last 16 games to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest villains mm-hmm. in Jets history. And not just because of obviously what he did with the Patriots, but the way he walked out of them in one of the most unprofessional manners that we've seen from anybody in that uh, coaching profession. And we've seen a lot of nonsense. So knowing that, because, like you said, Bill Belichick always got up for the Jets games. It yep. mattered to him it certainly did. to beat the Jets. So yeah, knowing that the, his lasting memory is going to be losing to the Jets, knowing that it definitely bothers him, does make me a little happier. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. I Bill think a lot Belichick of I is saw, the goat. Eat it on the way. Yeah, out. <laughs> well, the goats eat anything. But yeah, so his last memory would be shaking hands and walking off that field as a loser to the yeah, Jets. Like he knows he lost to Robert Sala and Trevor Simeon. Yeah, that's going to bother him. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it could motivate him too. But you mentioned that uh, not a lot of um, it's unique being a Jet fan. Not a lot of great memories. You do have a couple, though, and one happened 55 years ago today. Do you know what happened 55 years ago today? Were you around for it? <laughs> I, w- I was not. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, not many Jets fans remaining were. No. 55 years ago today, Willie Joe Namath guaranteed a victory, and he came through. Super Bowl three, 55 years ago today on January 12, 1969. The greatest win in Jets history and arguably – the most important win in NFL history uh, because obviously it led to the merger. The Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl the next year, but that victory in beating the Colts, the the Colt team that nobody thought they could beat, helped along the merger in the NFL as we know it. So congratulations, Jet fans. That game changed sports as we know it, and for the Jets, we'd probably have just been better off if the (laughs) AFL and NFL never merged. It it, it couldn't have been worse than the last 55 years. That's true. That is true. So on the day you say goodbye to your enemy, you get to celebrate a little bit of your own history. The one lone Super Bowl that you've been to, the one lone Super Bowl championship 55 years ago today. What it must have been like. What it must have been like to watch the Jets play and win a Super Bowl. But back then, I don't think... I mean, that game had importance because of the idea of the lesser league and trying to make a name. But, like, the Super Bowl itself wasn't that big a deal yet, right? I mean, it was just that game uh, for... I think it meant a lot more to the Jets than it did the Colts, and probably that's had something to do with it. But I wasn't around, obviously. But, I, I mean, I wonder how they... how. The excitement for the Super Bowl was back there. Then. Probably People, wasn't a lot. The yeah. first two Super Bowls were not competitive so, games. Yeah, not competitive games. And the Jets and Colts were not expected to be a competitive game. NFL was supposed to just destroy, destroy. the NFL. You like you said that. I mean that that one game. It's arguable that game had a bigger impact on sports in all of our lives 
than yeah. any other one game in American history. Probably on the impact of the sport, because like uh, when you like, there's this, not one baseball game, yeah, no, that launched the sport into no. a new stratosphere. When you say like the one game nature and like I, I I immediately go to you know the miracle, but I don't know if that didn't change the landscape of 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 hockey or uh, right. Or and the, think about the, the way Olympics, like, although the current NFL and the way it just dominates the world. The, right, ninety three out of the top one hundred. Uh, television programs right. last year, NFL, NFL games. Yeah. Does that happen if not for Super Bowl three? Maybe not. Maybe not. If not for that beautiful man, Joe Namath, might not have happened. But 55 years ago today, as you say goodbye to Belichick, and I was talking about Belichick and Saban both out now, both obviously very close. Uh, Saban was the defensive coordinator for the uh, the some of the videos of, of him in those Browns uniforms are hilarious. But uh, and that brown sweatshirt he's wearing. But yeah, um, defensive coordinator for the Browns back when Belichick was the head coach, and they both leave indelible marks on their respective sports. And you know, I wonder which one is tougher to replace. Like, I wonder if you're really going to look at it and try and think like what what job is tougher to replace? Is it tougher to go to Alabama and replace Nick Saban? Or is it tougher to go to New England and replace Bill Belichick? And my initial thought is, my initial thought is, now it depends on what you mean by tough. Winning championships or being just overall successful? Because if it's just running a good program and being successful and being in, you know, being one of the final 12 teams now that they're going to have the new tournament format and, and competing and, you know, being one of the better teams in the SEC. I think it's easier probably to go to Alabama. I think if you're a good recruiter and you can get talent to your program still, I mean, you you can have a, a competent football team, and Alabama comes with its own tradition. And there's no tradition anymore. Like, the Patriots don't afford you anything. You have to get get it right. You have to get the quarterback. You have to... Like, you have to just build the team right. You have to do a lot of things. Now, the idea of... Uh, 32 teams as opposed or 30 teams as opposed to the landscape of college football. Sure, just on sheer numbers and and winning a championship, I, I could you could make the argument it's probably easier to win a championship in the NFL if you get that if they draft Drake May and he's the real deal. Maybe they're you know you, you could argue they'd be in the uh, have a better opportunity to win a championship, but just replacing a program, you know, Alabama's had history before Saban. The Patriots were nothing before Belichick. I know they had a couple of years with Parcells. They went to a Super Bowl in 85. I don't think anyone could tell you who the coach was of that team or what was going on with that team, and they got run out of the building. But I would think just just level of success and holding on to your job, I would think it's probably easier because they have a model. Now, it depends on how many guys just immediately leave the second he gets fired. But I think my thought would be, and, I mean, my thought would be it's probably easier to go be the coach of Alabama and have a level of success than it is to replace Belichick in New England. What do you think, Mike? Well, a big thing you just said was, you know, keep your job. You're right. It's going to be easier to have success at Alabama. Yeah. But those fans yeah. are not going to, like, if they're yeah. in the playoff every year, like, if they're not good Nick enough. Saban, even in the years where they didn't finish number one or in the playoff, like, they're still a top five, 16, like, yeah. Alabama fans, if they have a year where somebody comes in and maybe struggles 
And yet, obviously, Georgia is the other best team in the SEC. Now, yeah. Texas, Oklahoma coming in. LSU could have a good... If Alabama has a year where they finish, like, third or fourth in the conference and, like, eighth overall in a first-round playoff exit, anything like that, those fans are going to treat it like you went five and seven. Right. Like, so, yes, you're right. Like, it'll be easier to win more games and be a playoff team at Alabama, but as crazy as NFL fans are, college football sure. fans... Are a different animal, and ones in the South, you know, SEC, it matters more sure. down there. A coach could go in and have three consecutive eleven and one seasons. If they don't win a title, they're all going to be screaming for him to be fired. That's true. It's not right, but right. that's, no, that's saying, what's yeah. going to happen. Right. So, I mean, but then I guess under that logic, it's just, I mean, it's, then it's just harder to replace. It's harder to just coach in, in college then. Or that, well, that I, program. I, I, want, I wonder if that's part of the reason Saban's retiring oh, now with no all, doubt. You know, the transfer portal. No doubt. The the twelve team playoff and everything that's changing, the advantages that an Alabama used to have is, is less are than, gone. And he's yeah. still the greatest college coach ever. I'm not trying to take it away from him. What he yeah. did and accomplished is insane. But in the NFL, some of those advantages that Belichick maybe enjoyed over his entire career were more him than a combination of him and circumstances. They right. could still exist wherever he goes. Right. Like for Saban, for any college coach, and just knowing the fan bases, it's so different. Yeah. No, you're right. And I, I said it yesterday. I 100% think that's why Nick Saban's retiring. I, I don't think he's leaving because he's he's tired. or like, I think he, he's been bitching about it for over a year. Like, he's just... I, I think the landscape, the NILs, the the everything. He's just Boomer said it this morning. It's a young man's game now. Yeah, with it is. All the stuff the coaches have to do. Yeah, it probably is. I think that's a fair statement. And I, and yeah, he leaves. There's nothing else to prove either. Like he's got literally, I mean, nothing else to prove. Why hang around and struggle? Because you're right. Now with the extra, how many more games he's got to win to get to to a national championship game? And they'll be viewed as failures. So why add? More failures in a in a changing landscape when you've already dominated at such a level. I think it just makes sense to step away. But I hear you saying, and I guess my initial thought process is just a, a level of success. Like taking over the Patriots, say they draft a quarterback and he's and he's a bust. I mean, they could be mired in 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 mediocrity or worse for years. Like it's tough. And you do that, you're definitely out in three years. Yeah, you're out in three years. So it's tough. It's not easy to replace either. Gentlemen, there are. I think the, the answer is you their, don't want either job. You if you can go somewhere job. else, take the other job. Yeah, especially in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how I feel. That Patriot job is tough. Like, give me the Commander job. Probably, it's been yeah. a disaster for all those yeah, years. I mean, Let me try to build that up. Exactly. Exactly. New new ownership. That's the one thing you trust, Kraft. And I think that's an interesting. And if we get to it, uh, we might do doing our pick segment. Maybe we'll take a. Uh, have a little fun and, and and play a little coaching carousel and, and uh, take a guess on where some coaches might go. I don't know if you want to do every, like every single job, but what do you want to do? You want to do like uh, Belichick, Harbaugh, Vrabel, like we could Vrabel? do the big coaches. Yeah, we could do that. We'll have a little fun with that. But I, I I think ownership and 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 obviously situation has a lot to do, and that's why I have a I have a different one. I think it's a different one for Belichick. I have I have a, a weird one for Belichick. Eight seven seven three three seven. 66-66, but a lot of coaches out there available in the NFL. A lot of great ones, a lot of Hall of Fame ones. Uh, I mean, Belichick and Harbaugh alone, plus Vrabel is an excellent head coach. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. Back to the phone calls. Ray and Freehold, what's up, Ray? Hello. Good Hello. Morning. Good morning to you, sir. Oh, my God. I love that he's a white claw thing. 
15 what? years. By the way, I love the Giants, Yankees, Mets, Knicks. Okay, you're almost perfect. Oh, you throw the Mets in there. But... Oh, Go ahead, what's your point on the the, the ridiculous non-alcoholic uh, seltzer that I drink every day? 15 years ago, I used to take club soda, flavored club soda, yeah. put a vodka in it, make it drinks for people. Sure. And then all of a sudden, it came out the White Claw. And yeah, I, go, I know. That was my idea. I know. <laughs> I've been doing this for years. I know, right? It's it's, it's so stupid. Sometimes, yeah, it's amazing. Something will come out, and you go, "They made money on that." Like, I, sh- I, how did I not think of that? I had, I've done that before. It's crazy. And, and I'm listening to you, and you just put up this topic, and I'm like, I have to call in. Yeah, and I've been waiting. I'm, I'm a restaurant manager, so okay. that's that's why I'm, I'm late night. Right. But I'm like, wait, I've been doing this for years. Right. So now that White Claw is going to just throw out club soda, no, no. not happening. No, no, it makes no sense. Who's going to no. pay? Makes, who's going to pay no extra? Who's going to pay White Claw money for non-alcoholic White Claws? It, it, it makes no sense. I can't even believe they even thought of the idea. But how did you hear this? I saw an ad. I'm I saw driving home. I'm like, I'm listening <laughs> to him. Like, I got a call. I know. I just I saw an ad and I saw a story that it's getting, it's getting flack. Like people are complaining. It was a story in the Post or the Daily News. I can't find it. I got to search it up. But search and then I went to then I went then I, no. But then I went to White Claw the website. They are promoting it. They have it's White Claw Zero, non alcoholic no. premium seltzer, no. black cherry, fifteen calories. I go to Stop and Shop. Sorry to say that, and then pick up like club soda, my blackberry. And I drank it by myself, but then I can mix it with vodka. Sure, and I did this fifteen years. Absolutely, and I'm blown away. I love you, McMonica. I swear to God, you're awesome. Oh, I appreciate you. you. I'm a Yankee fan. But you I'm, I'm you not said you were a Met fan. fan. What, what's up? I thought you said you were a Met fan. No. No, I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, I could have sworn you said Mets when you went through those teams. I apologize. Oh, I, I like the the Nets. Oh, the, the Nets. Nets. That's, yeah, the the oh. nail stallion. Oh, it's an <laughs> N. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I no, I I love. Uh, we we talk a couple times, but I like we talk sports. But I'm like, wait, this whole white claw thing. I go, I need to put my two cents in. Yeah, absolutely. Would you? I'm a you, restaurant manager. Yeah. Uh, ex- so you know, you mentioned that. Let me ask you a question because there's always been this other thing. I worked uh, at a catering hall. It was like one of my first jobs when I was 14 years old. So I worked at a catering hall for a long time. I was a bar back. I was a waiter. Then I uh, I was a, uh, a bridal attendant. That was really where the money was at. As a bridal attendant, you get good tips. But there was speaking about inventions. Uh, someone someone told me that the guy who invented it made fifty million dollars. I don't know if it's true, but at the end of the night, when we would clean off the tables, it's just a little rounded piece of metal. That you would use to scrape off the crumbs off the, the table. The, 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 the decrummer. Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone, I'm, and, and like, that's always stuck to me. I'm like, there was a guy some day who was like, I, I'm sick of these freaking crumbs on my table. Let me just yeah. create a semicircle of a little piece. Let me bend a piece of metal into a little folded piece so I could, it's Good easy story. to scrape. Good and story. like that person, like, that's all it takes. And then that guy's on Easy Street. Why can't I? I need my half bent piece of metal idea. I went to parties with club soda and vodka, yeah. and everyone laughed at me because <laughs> I had a club soda right. to work at Costco. And then they go, "What are you doing, right?" And I'm like, "What?" And then when when White Claws came out, everyone goes, 
right? You 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 missed the you missed yeah. the mark. No, I mean they but, and they've taken storm. There's a, every everyone's putting them out. Every so beer yeah, company's it, putting it, them it, out. What, so the decrummer, it's called decrummer. So you met the guy that invented it? No, someone told me that they know that he made it. Was a fifty million dollar idea? Awesome. Like that's what I just and thank you for the call. Yes, that is. It's a decrummer. You're right. A or a crumb sweeper. A restaurant crumb sweeper. <laughs> you can buy it on Amazon right now. It is literally a half. It's like a, it looks like one of those slap bracelets. Remember the slap bracelets when you were a kid? Like it's like just folded enough like down the middle where it looks like that. Like that's, it's, it's a little bent piece of metal so you could scrape a table. So simple. It was like I was talking about the bar stool thing. Just watching that guy hit a golf ball. It's so stupid and unique and and inert and simple and easy. Like I talked about that. Obviously, the guy on Barstool, if you haven't seen that story, he just he tried to get a hole in one in a golf simulator. And he just stayed there all day, every day. It took him I I forget how long it took him, but it took him over two thousand attempts of hitting a golf ball into a golf simulator trying to get a hole in one. And like it, it kind of, it became viral. Everybody paid attention to it. It was like one of their bigger Story storylines, that's a wrestling term, I guess, but it was like one of their bigger things of the year. Everyone was watching this live stream of this guy hitting golf balls. And I just thought, like, how simple and perfect that is because I remember once I went on a trip with my buddies. I know I just told the story, but I'll tell it again real quick. I went on a trip with my buddies to uh, to um, out on the island in Montauk in the off-season, in the winter. Nobody was there. We got a cheap hotel. And it was just to hang out, go to the restaurants around there, maybe, you know, have a bonfire on the beach or something, and just have a hotel room uh, and, you know, be stupid. And it was like my buddy was getting married. Anyway, so we went there, and we were playing beer pong, and a missed shot hit off the table and rolled through the a slot in the sliding door out to a deck, and the sliding door was open just to crack just to get some air in the room, and the ball rolled right through it, like perfect. And it was just like an accident, and the and it was the the, the the door was barely open, big enough to fit the. It was like it it was a one in a million chance. How many ball, t- like chances would it take you guys to do that on purpose? We 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 tried to find out because the whole rest of the night was us drinking and taking turns trying to throw the ping pong ball through the door. We saw that thing, and we thought the same thing. Like we couldn't do that if we tried. So let's and, try. So let's try. And there's like six. 25, 20 to 28 year old dudes sitting in a room drinking beer, throwing ping pong ball after ping pong ball, just trying to get it through this little slot in the door. It's one of those things when like women wonder what do men think about and right. do. Like, right. well, we know this is impossible. Right. But like, what if we could do it? Let's just sit here and try. And 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 like watching the golf simulator and Jerry, I think his name is, do it. My thought was like, it never dawned on me to film that. And like see if anybody else would find that interesting. Just and while we're sitting there, we're making fun of each other, we're telling jokes, we're doing whatever, we're watching. I, I for whatever reason, I remember that night it was Texas Tech versus somebody because Crabtree was playing. Oh, uh, was it the night of the catch against Texas? It might have been that night. Yeah, it was. I remember Crabtree had a big game or something, and he was the he always oh, going to be a stud coming out of college. So I remember he was playing. We were watching that football game. And we were trying to throw a ping pong ball through the door. And I never thought to turn a camera on. And that's what they do. And it's so simple and stupid. But, like, everybody gravitates towards it. And that's why, like, I get a kick out of Barstool a little bit. And I get a kick out of the, uh, of Portnoy and what they do there. 
Because, I mean, some of it's more elaborate, some of it's more thought out, some of it's more, you know, actual content. But then sometimes they'll just like, let's just be dudes and turn on a camera, and it works. And that's the kind of, like, crap, like, when you did it that night, if you're just with your buddies, yeah. you could kill three hours doing Easy. that. Easy. We did. We were just up all night doing it. Like, we took, it might not have been every second of the three hours where we were nonstop. Maybe we got something to eat. Or, but, like, throughout the night, someone at some was trying to get it through that. It's like one of those situations where everybody else is going on, picking on some wings, but you still have the one guy working yeah, at we it, then he'll come over turns. and someone yeah, else goes. Yeah. It was amazing. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that night. And I'll just never, and then as soon as I, that's what it reminded me of for some reason. I was watching him, and I'm like, we're watching this guy. And you cut, and the same thing, watching it, just like you take turns. Like, you put it on for five minutes, see if you get, watch him catch the hole in one, you do something else. Hey, did you get, like, and, but people, like, were focused on it. And it's like, it's so simple. Like, sometimes when simple ideas, like an alcoholic seltzer, because I, I do the same thing. I'm mixing vodka with seltzer forever. I, mean, I can't stop thinking about the crumb sweepers now that you mentioned them. Like, if you ever watch a, like, a, Good waiter or busboy use those on like the white linen tablecloth. Yeah, it's like watching Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, you, they'll they'll go like in figure oh, eights dis- with yeah, it. Yeah. The patterns they go in. Yeah. But like that's it. Someone said, you know, let me think of some way to get these crumbs off a table better. Like simple things like that. Those are the keys to really great ideas, right? W- make life easier, even if it's the stupidest, already easy thing. If you can make something people do on a daily basis easier to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. It'll 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 be successful. And that's the perfect thing. That's the perfect example. Like, I'm tired of picking up these crumbs or scraping them with my hand. It doesn't work. It gets stuck to my hand. Let me let me come up with some sort of device. I'll bend a piece of metal. <laughs> Living on easy street for the rest of your life. Crazy. All right. I'm not sure where we're going with that, but we'll stop now. 877-337-6666. Three hours down. Two more to go on our football Friday. As we take you to the warm-up show at 5, and we take you into the weekend. And we take you into super wild-card weekend. And we'll get to the games as we go through. We'll give you picks this hour in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll have some fun. We'll do a little coaching carousel. And we'll take you to your weekend on this Football Friday. We still got to talk about the Knicks a little bit, who do fall for the first time since the trade. And do not have a six-game winning streak. It ends at 5. as a 128-124 to uh, loss to Dallas without... Uh, Luka Doncic, although they did have a furious comeback, they were down up to 20 points in the second half of this game. They came back, made it interesting, but ultimately fell short, but still feel pretty good about the Knicks. We got that to get to, the football to get to, and of course, we'll get back to Stroman and the Yankees.